Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. Dad and daughter talking lots and lots about football. Have you had a good week, Dad? Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. Just realised we've got the dishwasher on in the background. So fingers crossed there's no running water as you're hearing the back of this podcast or else you'll be up and down going to the toilet a lot. And this week there's been a break for internationals, but there's also been quite a lot of matches going on in particular League Two, not so much in League One. And then you're also going to be covering the National League as well as... Uh, yeah, National League North and South as well. So the lineup for the podcast, I'm going to be discussing some main summer transfers across the Premier League as well as putting forward my new chant to Dad. Yeah, and I, uh, as you say, I'm going to be uh, dipping down a little bit lower in the leagues and having a look at some of those teams we never talk about. So the warm-up, my warm-up conversation this week is basically just praising how professional... I thought the England players were versus Hungary at the Puskas Arena in Budapest. You know, after everything that happened in the final of the Euros to then get thrown back into a situation which they knew was going to be a little bit nasty. And in particular, people like Sterling and Jude Bellingham, who seemed to directly face some racist comments towards them from the crowd. I just thought, you know what, they set a really good example. They've done so, so well. It's things that you dread to think they have to deal with, which unfortunately they do. And, you know, fans were throwing bottles and I just thought England were very calm, composed, almost took it all to their advantage, very determined. Actually, I should have had that on my halftime turnaround, potentially, actually, obviously a nil-nil at halftime. And then we won 4-0. So I just thought, you know, what a great opportunity just to put some goals past them after everything that the crowd were throwing at England quite physically as well as, obviously, um, you know, the words that they were saying. So, yeah, I thought... Well played to the team, did really well. And do you know what? I think we're going to build momentum now and I think we've got a very good chance for the World Cup. What about you? Do you think we're going to do well? Uh, well, they should do well. I'm not sure they'll win it necessarily once you get the South uh, American teams in and all your fancy football. But yeah, no, they're building a good squad. Yeah, so I thought, well played, good professional performance. It's a shame we ha- they have to deal with stuff like that. But certainly did the country very much proud. So that's my little warm-up chat. Yeah, well, I'm going to come back to that with my uh, kickoff belt. So mm. my warm just talking about as, as the uh, Premier League and uh, Championship have been off and most of League One gives me a chance to uh, focus on some football reading. So I think mm-hmm. you saw we talked in the last series about uh, Who Are You, book by Kevin Day, which was a good read, good football read, and uh, just finished reading another book, Town of Two Halves, or Towns of Two Halves, written okay. by David Guest. A tourist's guide to football towns, very interesting. So all the different towns we or I've been to, to watch matches, it gives you a couple of pagefuls of all the interesting things that might be around uh, that area. So, uh, yeah, fascinating stuff and um, very useful whenever we, uh, when I'm, I'm going off to Port Vale nice. soon watching a match, I can dip into that and see what local things are worth looking at. What's this tell you about pubs and things like that? No, 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 about uh, historical ah, stuff and uh, stuff worth looking at, so... Brentford, for instance, where I went to, uh, Kew Gardens, round the corner, tells you all about that. So Beautiful. Just a good pointer, really. Blackburn, you think, well, there's not much there, but talked about the canals, lots of canals in Blackburn, some of the old cotton history. The cathedral gets a mention, because that's quite old. And it also talks about Blackburn being one of the 12 original football league towns. So originally, football league, 12 football league towns, and uh, four of them are on the same West Pennines Railway, unbelievably. Oh, yeah. So Blackburn, Preston, Accrington, Stanley and Burnley were all original uh, starting teams of those 12. So that's quite interesting. So yeah, I'm hopefully going to get one in a couple of weeks, another book. 
Um, so yeah, football books, good reading. And I think the other thing is the papers have got some good stuff in. Johnny Owens always writes a brilliant column in the mm-hmm. uh, Sunday Times, Saturday Times as well. I think Sunday yeah. Times especially. Alison Rudd or Rude, I think she oh, does yeah, a really yeah. good one as well. So yeah, and Johnny Owens talks this week about away fans and uh, the sort of sick, the magic of following your team away and people being able to do that again now that. And we're back to some sort of normality. So, yeah, really good reading, actually. So, yeah, football reading, you can't beat it, especially when there's no football on the telly. Kicking off the podcast quite literally. Um, Well, my kickoff conversation is going to be about players taking to social media to, well, mainly the example is Ainsley Maitland-Niles. He pleaded to be allowed to leave Arsenal on social media, saying that all he wants to do is go where he's wanted and where he's going to play, which is obviously completely fair enough. But I'm just not sure where I sit with the whole players pleading on Instagram when I'm not sure if that's going to be the right way forward. Like, get your agents on it, speak to the club. There's not much. I know if they want him to stay and he's got a contract, then it's going to be really tough. But by putting it up on Instagram, I'm not sure his 400,000 followers or whatever is going to have much of an impact. Uh, I think it was it, more about, uh, from Instagram, it went into the papers, didn't it? I mean, I wouldn't have seen it on Instagram, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, once it hit the papers, it then hit millions of people and then it would have gone on the internet. And so I think it ended up being seen by millions of people. I think if the starting point is he spoke to Arteta and said, listen, I want out, that's... It doesn't make it fine, but if he hadn't even done that, then it would be uh, terrible, really. Because I was trying to compare it to Harry Kane. I'm not sure if he specifically went about on social media, but he obviously in interviews kind of made it clear that he wanted to go and the fans are still taking him back and obviously things like that. But yeah, I'm just not sure that social media is the right platform to necessarily express his desire to absolutely want to leave a club that are, you know, not won a match and doing terribly so far in the league. So yeah, kick Arsenal once they're quite literally down. Well, it's kind of, uh, I think it's indicative of the way the spirit is at Arsenal, which is a shame, isn't it, Mm -hmm. really? So my kick-off, going back to your point on the poor behaviour in Hungary this week, Budapest with the Hungarian fans, I think, uh, I'm not not really about that, of course, that's terrible, but it's more about the fact that it's this whole FIFA, UEFA, what a load of old rubbish that is, really. So they'd been banned by one or other, I can't remember. So one of the, they should have been playing behind closed doors for the next Mm -hmm. two matches, based on either FIFA or UEFA rules, because this was under the other ones, FIFA or UEFA, then they let them play in a stadium where they knew it would happen. Um, They'd already been told to close the doors and lock it up, but there was a technicality where they could open the doors and let them do it again. So it just seems, I mean, you look at the crowd, you look at the match and you think, well, it's going to happen, whatever happens, it's going to happen unless Hungary beat England and everything's nice and calm which it never was going to be. So I think that's the... So you're saying it should have just been played behind well, closed doors as originally planned? Of course it should. Yeah. So why why there's a variance between FIFA and UEFA, it's either a bad mm-hmm. place to play because of racist behaviour or it isn't. So all of a sudden they were subjected to that purely and simply because of some technicality, which is daft really. Yeah, exactly. Well, thankfully we won, but hopefully we won't be seeing scenes like that very time soon. Half-time turnover. So this is where we look at a team from any division and the team that we think had the best potential half-time team talk or really turned it around from half-time. And this week I've looked into League Two for Port Vale versus Rochdale. 
It was 1-1 at half time after Jake Beasley drew Rochdale back. Uh, so second half, it was obviously 1-1 and Robbie Stockdale, Rochdale's manager, must give him quite a good team talk because they really got going eight minutes into the second half and Beasley gets his second. Quickly, however, crossed out by Port Vale's Jamie Proctor, uh, who equalised six minutes later. So it really was the Proctor-Beasley show for a long period of time until the 78th minute winner from Corey O'Keefe, which meant that Rochdale got their first ever league win at Vale Park, which actually ends Port Vale's unbeaten run. So a really good result for Rochdale, really managing to turn it around from 1-1 at half time to then 3-2 full time, which definitely gave the 486 Dale fans something to cheer about for their half-time team talk. Uh, so I've got a bit of a different one this week. It is a great comeback, but they still lost. But I think it's quite interesting. Okay. Lots and lots and lots, as I'll come on to later, lots of goals in the uh, National League. And this is no exception. So Maidenhead versus Torquay. Uh, worth mentioning, actually, York Road, which is Maidenhead's ground. FIFA have recognised as the oldest ground in the world for continuous professional wow. football. Since 18... I don't remember this. I wasn't alive, by the way. Right, 1871. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so yes, that's an interesting fact about York Road where Maidenhead play. Uh, another interesting fact: it was the Birds. It was the Birds derby, so the Magpies versus the Gulls, Maidenhead versus Torquay, and Torquay uh, set off like a steam train. Uh, little Amani Little got two very early goals, and then Hall and Lemonar Evans in stoppage time made it four nil. So four nil up at Maidenhead, coasting at half time, uh, but they got themselves going within nine minutes. They were back to. 4-2, Clarima and Massey, uh, 66 minutes, they added another one, and eight minutes added time, they kept going, having uh, lots of good saves from the Torquay keeper, but ended up Maidenhead 3, Torquay 4, so an incredible comeback, but uh, not quite enough, but a great game watched by just short of 1,500 fans. Second half, so we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to go through because obviously the transfer window has shut and it's virtually closed. And Dad, I'm basically just going to put forward most of the main signings. There's quite a few, um, most of them that we know. Or I've got some stats, and you've got to basically say if you think it's a deal or no deal. Do you think it's going to go well, or in your gut, are you saying it's probably not the best transfer? So I'm going to go across some of the big ones from the Premier League. Going to Arsenal first, fifty million pounds for Ben White, Brighton defender. Deal or no deal? A decent player, average, no deal. Aston Villa, thirty-eight million pounds from Norwich. They got Buendia. Uh, just about a deal. Got to prove himself in the uh, in the Premier League, but just about a deal at that price. Danny Ings as well, undisclosed how much they paid for him. Yeah, well, definitely uh, deal. And then Chelsea. Obviously not cheap, £103 million. Lukaku? A little bit too expensive, but definitely a deal. Potential game changer, were they in the Premier League with him? Putting you on uh, the spot. Yeah, the, yeah, definitely. This, I think, could be the bargain of all the transfer windows. Everton, they didn't spend much at all, actually. Just got £1.8 million for Damari Gray from Leicester. Seems to have started really well. He seems to be linking up quite well with Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, deal. Uh, Leeds... £26 million just over for Daniel James from Manchester United. Yeah, definite deal, yeah. yeah. Young, young lad, lots of promise. Yeah, no, okay. I like James, yeah. Uh, Leicester, they've got Vestergaard, who's the big centre-back, who's come from Southampton, just over £15 million. I mean, they've got 
Who have they got at Leicester? Evans and uh, But yeah, no, definitely good, good signing. Okay, these are all quite positive. Liverpool had quite a quiet transfer window. So they got Harvey Elliott back on loan. Uh, but they mainly spent 36 million. I don't know him that well, to be honest. Centre-back from RB Leipzig, Kanati. So not a clue. Not a clue. Not a clue Manchester deal. City, £105 million for the one and only Jack Greenish. Uh, again, a bit expensive, but got to be a deal. Um, two from Manchester United. I could not say Ronaldo. Uh, deal. Sancho. £70 uh, million, I think they paid for him in the end. I've yet to see him deliver much. But I think he'll be a bit part player, half no deal deal. Okay. Newcastle. Obviously, Joe Willock is officially signed on from them uh, with them from Arsenal. Uh, dealish. Okay. Norwich. They really didn't spend much money, but I just looked at some of their loans that they've got come in. Brandon Williams from Manchester United. Yeah, good player. Deal. Billy, Billy Gilmore from Chelsea. Another good deal, yeah. Oh, very positive today. Southampton. Obviously, we're Blackburn Rover supporters. They took him away. Adam Armstrong just oh, under got him at a snip. Yep. Um, Watford, again, had quite a quiet transfer window. A couple just not spent too much money. Sissoko from Tottenham. Yeah, deal. Good, ad- yeah, good addition. Yeah, not paying much, though. I know, good deal for Okay, yep. all right. Um, West Ham, they had quite a few like last-minute big buys, actually, and their biggest was Zuma from Chelsea, centre-back, just over £31 million. Pounds. No deal. No deal, why not? Oh, I just think they've got a good enough team without him, and I, th- okay. I find him a bit uh, flat-footed, Zuma. Right, chant for the week. This is where I put forward a chant to dad who can just be a judge and sit back and relax. And um, <laughs> there's been a lot of seven out of ten to my previous chant, so I'm hoping either I'm going to get above seven or you might be a bit harsher this week. We'll see. So the chant this week, I'm going to a 1980 American band. It was their fourth number one single in the UK. So it's not that specific, actually, with that kind of little clue. It is Blondie. So that is the band. And I'm going to be aiming this chant at Wolverhampton Wanderers. He is their talisman. He is their centre-back and captain, Connor Cody. Any idea what Connor Cody and Blondie could turn into which song? Dinny. No. <laughs> no, Call Me. You oh, know, yeah. Call Me. So oh, yeah. my chant is going to be, it's a very easy one. This is probably the easiest one for fans to remember. Cody. On the ball, Connor Cody, ever, ever more. Cody, Cody, on the ball, Connor Cody, ever, ever more. Cody. No, I can't see what? that. What? Can't see that one catching on. But it's so. so easy to remember. Well, it's, it, but I think it's right. Bit, it's really harsh this five week. Out of ten, oh, okay, that's my worst yet. Well, Wolves fan, you can have your say on Twitter. Just search for us at Plants Rants, and hopefully, you give it more than five out of ten. <laughs> Final whistle. So obviously there's less English leagues to round up with the Premier League and Championship obviously having international breaks. And League One, I'll round up League One and League Two. League One, they only had three matches taking place. Uh, Wimbledon, they staged a second half fight back to deny Oxford United the top spot with a 3-1 win. Wimbledon a ninth with nine points and Oxford a tenth. So just off the automatic spots 
Joel Mumbongo's first goal for Accrington Stanley proved quite decisive, actually. They won 1-0 home versus Shrewsbury. Accrington move up to second, just behind Sunderland, 12 points. And Shrewsbury remain in the bottom four. And the other result was 1-1 Cheltenham versus MK Dons and both kind of remaining mid-table. League two, way more matches going on. But just to quickly summarise the top and bottom half of the table, Harrogate Town remain top and are now the only team left outside the Premier League who have yet to lose after winning 3-1 away to Mansfield. So Harrogate Town are on quite a roll. Forest Green remains second despite a quite a boring 0-0 at Exeter. Good win for Bristol Rovers, 1-0 versus Crawley. Two teams that are going into the match are right down towards the bottom of the table. Uh, so that brings Bristol Rovers up a little bit. But to look at the top, we've got Harrogate, then Forest Green and Bradford City. And then the bottom, you've got Oldham and Sutton, who are still yet to win. So the only team in the league yet to win, Sutton United. Uh, and the uh, non-league stuff, the so National League, uh, lots of games there and lots of goals as well. So 50 goals in 11 games. Uh, and one of them was a nil-nil. So, I mean, it was just a, a goal fest. There was three 2-2 two, two draws, three 4-3s, two 3-2s three, and a 3-3. Three, three. So, wow. um, I mean, it was just goals galore. Grimsby could have been my uh, half-time talk. They came back from 2-1 down at half-time at home to Barnet and won 4-3. Barnett had a player sent off in the 64th minute. The Grimsby got two penalties and a late goal, so a bit of a scrappy win. Over 5,000 at Blundell Park watching that. Weymouth had a brilliant win, 4-3 at Solihull, two from Ash. Uh, Southend again back in uh, the team first year ever in this division. Drew 2-2 at home to Wrexham in front of over 6,000 fans. Wrexham favourites for promotion, of course. I think Southend will give it a go as well. And then there was a 3-3, 2-nil uh, up uh, at half-time Eastley. Ended up drawing 3-3 with Kings Lynn, who were not necessarily favoured, so good draw for Kings Lynn. So a very exciting National League. And the National League table, no team has now um, won all the matches. Top three, all 10 points from four. Dagenham, Redbridge, Chesterfield and Boreham Wood. Uh, they are all at the top and at the bottom. Dover, of course, on minus 12. Although they had a very close 3-2 defeat. Uh, are altering me yesterday, so they've got some hope, but they've still not got a point. Lost all three matches on a minus 12. Um, but yeah, so exciting times. And if we drop down to the North and South divisions, some familiar faces there. AFC filed, probably favourites for promotion, I would imagine, from the Northern League. Uh, they're top, uh, one four, drawn one of five, drew one one yesterday to lose their 100% record with Kettering. Uh, second place, you've got Brackley, and third place, Kidderminster, another ex football league team. Rock bottom on no points after three games. Darlington, again, an ex-league team, not been out of the league that long. They lost 2-1 at home to Bradford Park Avenue. And then a bit of a surprise, Hereford, who were in the FA Vars final last year, uh, their second and bottom with two points from five games. So not an easy one for Hereford. So that's the North. And then uh, non-league South, National League South top, you've got Dartford, uh, 100% record, played 5-1-5, 12-goal difference. So they've had a cracking start. They won 3-1 at Bath City yesterday. Maidstone second, unbeaten, just uh, two points behind. And then rock bottom, you've got Hemel, played five, lost five. And uh, Billericay played five, drawn one. So, uh, yeah, exciting times. And there'll be um, hopefully it's going to be an interesting season, non-league, uh, right the way through those three divisions. <laughs> Barnet 
of the week. I can't prepare with my Barnet of the week because I have a picture already loaded on my phone because this Barnet is so good, Dad. So obviously I was looking through a lot of the transfers. I didn't actually mention Brighton, but he's probably one of their main signings. In fact, I think he's the most paid um, so far, well, from the transfer window. They cost £15.4 million. He is a Spanish midfielder, 23 years old, and he was actually known as The Hair. Because his hair's that good. His name is Mark Cucurella, and a lot of people are comparing him to David Luiz. Oh, wow, that's Look brilliant. at that barnet. That is brilliant. It is brilliant. I think it could even be better than David Luiz. That could be the best ever, couldn't it? It could be. Oh, I, want, I just want him to now play, so a lot of people will now know what this barnet is, but it's a beautiful barnet, so I just hope he never... He never cuts it because it's absolutely brilliant. So the fact that he's known as the hair from his previous manager just shows that he's got a fantastic barnet. So well, well done, well done. Show stopping. I don't know how you're going to top that, to be honest, Dad. Well, I'm not really. I've only got a uh, small effort, which okay. is Amani Little. Okay. Uh, an English midfielder, Torquay, who won 4 uh, 3 yesterday, talked about them. 24 year old English lad from Torquay. He's a midfielder. Yeah. And uh, he's got a very dapper look, actually. Oh, okay. I've just Googled him. Yeah, he looks quite... He looks like oh, a bit of a Love Island... Suave. Love Island candidate <laughs> or something yeah. like that. He's a very uh, good-looking young lad with yeah. a very smart barnet. So... Not as exciting as yours, but something a little bit different. While well, we've been mm, talking like about it. the non-league, we've dropped down into the non-league and we've done a barnet from there as well. Right, that's it for this week of Football Chance and Rants with the Plants. I'm sad to say we won't be back next week, but we'll be back the week after. So we've got a little break next week and we'll be back. So we're going to have to wait to chat about Ronaldo's first appearance in a long time for Manchester United. Um, it's, I feel like I'm getting deja vu, Dad, because I'm going to round off by saying once again... We've got another barbecue for a nice Sunday evening. Are you feeling the pressure you did brilliantly last week? Can you can you top it? Oh, easy. I don't go backwards like you with your chance. <laughs> I'm going forward. All right. Okay. Speak. Right. We're going to be back with some more football chants and rants with the plants in a couple of weeks. And we'll see you then. <laughs>